Chapter Four of Geoffrey the Knight and the Fair Brunissande by Jean Bernard Marie Lafont. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Yeoman. We now return to Geoffrey, who still wanders on, resolving not to stay for food or sleep before he meets with Tola, for in his ears incessantly do ring the biting words of Quex, "Your courage will be higher when you're drunk." and yet he trusts to prove that lord did lie by beating tola fasting onward he therefore pricked till midnight hour when he attained a narrow and dark gorge shut in on either side by mountains high no other passage was there but this one sir geoffrey gave his horse the spur when at the very mouth of the defile before him stood a yeoman active of stout build and large of limb who held within his grasp three pointed darts that were as razors sharp a large knife pended from his girdle which enclosed an outer garment of good form and fashion halt knight he cried i'll have a word with thee geoffrey drew rein and said and what's thy quest good friend thou must give up thy horse and knightly arms for upon such conditions only mayst thou pass indeed quoth geoffrey dost thou mean to say an armed and mounted knight must not pass through this strait he might do so but for the toll i've levied to the foul fiend such toll never will i give up my horse or arms till strength's denied me to defend them both and that thou yield'st them not with gentle grace the yeoman said i must use force to take them and wherefore so what harm have i e'er wrought thee dost thou not wish to pass this gorge and bilk the toll that's due save i use force to get it and what's the force thou'lt use that thou shalt briefly see meantime i bid thee wear my hand i will do so quoth geoffrey the yeoman now prepared himself for fight and seized his darts as though in act to strike but geoffrey fearing for his horse awaited not the blow but gallops off amain as o'er the road he sped the man let fly the missile with just aim it hit the shield and that with force so great red fire and flame forth issued at the stroke which did not pierce it through the sharpened point curled upwards on the steel and the wood flew in shivers sir geoffrey turned his steed at once and bore down on his foe counting full surely that the fight was done but lo at that instant he had leapt aside and in the act discharged a second dart which lighted on his helm so fierce the stroke the cask seemed all on fire yet it resisted though its lord was stunned the yeoman seeing his second blow had failed was as a man possessed so dread his rage as neither to have hurt the knight or broken his bright arms geoffrey whose senses had now back returned thought only of his horse which he rode here and there to guard it from the blow of the third dart not this however was his foe's intent for he still thought to take the beast alive like lightning swift he came and whirling round the dart launched the fell weapon with these haughty words by heaven's slave thou now shalt leave the horse nor shall thy hauberk helm or shield protect thyself geoffrey wheeled round his horse at this stern threat and as the dart came hissing to its prey he deftly bowed him down 
it harmed him not but striking on his mail tore from the goodly arms a palm away then bounded out of view and now cried geoffrey the third dart being flung my lance's point shall give me my revenge with lowered lance he flew towards the man trusting this time to pierce him through and through but he was nimble as a roe or deer and leapt from place to place to such effect that geoffrey missed his aim and as he passed the yeoman seized a rock and hurled it at the knight who but for his shield must fain have bit the ground the mass in atoms flew but such the force with which the blow was struck it battered in the shield geoffrey enraged at following such a foe now doubly maddened at this fresh attack in wrath exclaimed god thou all-glorious king how shall i meet this fiend the world i'll hold not at a denier's price till he doth sue for grace then wielding his long lance this time he loudly to the yeoman cried or thou or i shall fall the yeoman from his girdle plucked his knife and made reply ere that thou leave this spot thou'lt pay the toll ay that will i quoth geoffrey take my promise on it before we part thou shalt have toll enough he once again renewed a brisk attack but still the other dodged and ere that geoffrey could draw in the rein with mighty spring upon the horse he leapt and round sir geoffrey's body twined his arms stir not sir knight he cried unless thou wish for death when geoffrey felt himself thus rudely seized his mind was in a maze and for a time incapable of thought the yeoman held him with such straight embrace he could not stir a limb while in his ear he hissed his future fate how that a prison should his body hold where tortures griefs unheard of pains should vex him evermore till break of day his arms were round him clasped but when the stars were gone then geoffrey communed with himself and said better to die for god who made this earth than let my body be a dungeon's prey we'll see what can be done reflecting thus he let his lance drop down and as the yeoman's right arm pressed him most with energy he clutched it in his grasp so vigorous the attack so nerved his strength he forced the hand to loose the gleaming knife then when he saw the arm was paralysed and drooped inertly down he fixed with both hands on the yeoman's left which he then twisted till he caused such pain its owner reeled in groaning to the ground dismounting from his horse geoffrey drew near his foe who lay quite motionless crying for mercy in his agony by heaven which i adore quoth geoffrey ne'er will i pity show to wretch like thee and at the words he cut off both his feet i prithee now he said run not nor leap nor battle more with knights take to another trade for far too long hath this one been thy choice he gathered up his lance and shield and mounting on his horse prepared him quietly to go his way twas on a tuesday early in the morn that geoffrey held this speech but as he turned him from his footless foe i have not yet inquired he observed if thou perchance holdst knights within thy walls my lord the man replied full five-and-twenty are there held in chains beyond the mount where stands my dwelling-place 
oh ho said geoffrey these i must set free it liked me not that thou shouldst guard such prize without delay he hied him to the house whose massive portals were thrown open wide and to a dwarf who stood before the gates he cried where lie the imprisoned knights replied the dwarf methinks you are all too rash to venture here tis more indeed than rashness downright folly you wake my pity therefore take advice and get you gone before my lord returns save that you covet an inglorious death or torments even worse geoffrey with smiles replied nay friend i want the knights quickly lead on that i may break their chains and i mistake not you will join their ranks ere you deliver them and i must hold you as a fool distraught not to have hide you hence for should my lord chance meet you by the way deeply you'll grieve that e'er you ventured here thy lord will ne'er return i have deprived him of his nimble feet and near his end he lies the knight shall now be free and thou my prisoner their place shalt take save that thou goest where my bidding sends then peradventure brief shall be thy thrall sir knight the dwarf replied since then my lord is thus so poorly sped i by my faith will follow your commands and from great pain will draw those suffering knights whose language is but moans this featly will i do who by constraint and fear was here detained truly to god and you we should give thanks and joyfully obey what you ordain first then said geoffrey lead me to the knights the dwarf most gladly acted as his guide and pacing on before conveyed him to a hall where five-and-twenty knights were rudely chained as each by turns had been the yeoman's prey geoffrey on entering made them a salute to which not one replied nay they began to weep and mutter in their teeth accurse the day that yeoman was e'er born who thus hath overcome so good a knight but geoffrey as he gaily drew him nigh why weep fair knights he said with courtesy go madman go did one of them reply for sure thy senses must have left thee quite to ask us why we weep when walls like these rise up on every side there is not one of us who doth not grieve to see the yeoman's prisoner in thee unhappy was that day that saw thy birth in person thou art tall and fair to view yet soon like ours will torments be thy lot quoth geoffrey great is god easy to him can your deliverance be through him my sword hath venged you on your foe and now the yeoman lies deprived of feet if then you see me in this weary spot tis but to break your chains scarce had the words escaped from out his mouth when loudly did they call happy the day which dawned upon thy birth for thou hast saved us all and swept our pain and martyrdom away then geoffrey bade the dwarf set free the knights the manikin obeyed and with a hammer broke in bits their chains they all arose and bowed their heads in token of submission whilst they said lord we are thy serfs do with us as thou please be it for good or evil as is fit good knights sir geoffrey said whate'er of evil may henceforth betide you none shall come from me all that i ask of you is simply this that ye betake you to king arthur's court and tell him all you know my lord 
they all exclaimed full willingly shall thy behest be done but to the service rendered add one more by telling us thy name barons said geoffrey then tell him the son of devon burst your chains now quickly set ye out and mark my friendship ne'er shall be bestowed if that ye fell to tell the king each word the dwarf meanwhile had gone to seek the arms and fetch the steeds to furnish forth the knights each donned his hauberk mounted his good horse and then with geoffrey parted from that spot he led them to the great highway and in their company rode full a league in passing by he pointed to the place where cold and motionless the yeomen lay they stayed an instant to observe their foe then went upon their road a little further geoffrey got him down and tightened more his goodly charger's girths then his impatience to fall in with tolat reviving in full force god speed you sirs he said i can delay no more already have i wasted too much time my lord replied the knights as they presented him his shield and lance accept again our thanks where'er we be the service thou hast done in this great fight shall widely be proclaimed when that the band had watched him out of sight they went their way until they reached carlisle they found king arthur in his flowery mead with five-and-twenty of his primest knights there kneeling at his feet one of the troop was spokesman for the rest and thus he fearlessly and sagely said sire so please it the true god who knoweth all that every creature doth give you good luck and guard from pain and ill the greatest king this world doth now contain friend the good king replied god and st mary keep thee and thy mates speak without fear and tell me what thou wilt sire we come to yield ourselves to thee from geoffrey dovon's son he hath delivered us from durance vile good sir give me at once your tidings is long since you and he have parted company we left him sire on tuesday morning last both safe and sound ardent and full of strength tracking a lord with whom he seeks to fight and to avenge thy cause o lord thou glorious sire said the king with joined hands grant i may geoffrey see unchecked unscathed for and i hold him not within six months i'll prize my fortunes as of nothing worth whilst that the dwarf in turn begins his speech to tell the king how this adventure happed we will go back to follow geoffrey's steps who still unwearied presses stoutly on End of chapter 4